1: Welcome to season two of the Wild Tales podcast. I'm Jason Fox and I'm very pleased to say we have a good long season two of the podcast coming up for you, featuring some excellent guests in the coming months. Thanks to everyone who has listened and subscribed so far. I've been blown away by the response. The podcast is presented by the Book of Man and I'm really excited to be working with them again. Now obviously we are in the midst of the coronavirus crisis, which is a worrying and difficult time for everyone. Hopefully we can give you a decent advice and a bit of relief from it with the podcast. It just so happens that I'm in lockdown with Ollie Ollerton, which is quite handy as I have my first guest right here. No doubt you know Ollie from SAS Who Dares Wins and we get stuck into the new series and some of the celebs. But we are also here to have a chat about his career in the military, his early life and what the outdoors means to him. Right, here I am. I'm in the room with the man, the myth, the one and only Ollie Ollerton. Um, just quickly before we start, we have got some brand new kit. We're in a um, a, a, a designated room now, designated for, for geezers only. Uh, we've got decks in here and we've got the brand new podcast kit. So if anything doesn't sound right, it's because we're on our own without experts and we are absolutely clueless. But anyway, that's the caveat done for f- if things go, go drastically wrong. wrong exactly. Um, right. OK, so obviously this is, um, as I've already alluded to, it's uh, it's the beginning of season two. It's episode one. It's a big deal. We've got a bigger deal in Ollie Ollerton and. <clears throat> We are going to be firstly talking about the situation we're all in just to sort of like get it out there to see how we're doing and how everyone else is. So myself and Ollie have been in lockdown together. We made that decision um, before lockdown was implemented. We were away together. We traveled around the globe pretty much together and we had business to be getting on with. So we decided to take it upon ourselves to co-locate up at Ollie's loads of space loads of stuff to get done and that's what we're doing and that is why we're actually able to do at one of series two together um basically in person so we're both here looking at each other i don't think the rest of them are going to be like this i think they're going to be done remotely but anyway mate how have you found lockdown
0: Um, I don't want to sit here and start this podcast by saying how brilliant it's been for us on lockdown, because I know there's so many people out there that are suffering and having a hard time of it. Um, And all I'd say is that we're in a pretty blessed position because we, you know, about 12 months ago, as you know, I moved up to Shropshire um, and um, there's a lot of open space around here. We're quite isolated anyway. Um, So um so yeah we we've 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 kind of got a good deal but like I say I mean you know I I do spare a thought for for the people that aren't in as fortunate circumstances but you know we've got we've got into a routine we could have we could have not done the things we've done I mean the reason we were actually sat in this room is because of the situation isn't it you know I mean the reason we made this room
1: um, that is right. Just to just to enlighten people, we're in a room that's in Ollie's garage. So his garage is split into two. One is a, a gym, well equipped. It was part of the, the the sort of magnetism I felt towards this place. <laughs> Not me. And the uh, and the the second bit, this room that we're in was absolute. It was a state, to say the least. But because of lockdown, Ollie we got motivated, cleared it out, decked it out, um, decorated. And there's an awful lot of technical equipment in here. Um, so yeah, going back to Ollie and the fact that lockdown, we've basically turned it into a positive. Or Ollie definitely has turned it into a positive. I've been watching from the sidelines all the DIY he's been doing, <laughs> and no doubt when it's over, everything will need rebuilding. I'm not too sure Wait. how. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but before we move off this this the subject of lockdown, mate. Ollie, have Mm. you got any advice for listeners to cope with this situation? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of anxiety out there about jobs, money and everything else. You know, the usual things that are stressful about life. But with lockdown and the fact that no one knows what it looks like and how long it goes on for. Yeah. Is there anything that you can any tidbits that people can take away from you to, to, to go on?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I could I could sit here all day and give you recommendations of the things to do, which basically are just enforcing the things that we talk about anyway. When when it's not a lockdown situation, but I think I really think you know if people started adopting these the the things we suggest right now, I think they they've got a perfect opportunity to get into a disciplined uh, way of life that they can carry forward for them. So. Um, The thing is, at the moment, there will be a lot of anxiety, like you said. There will be a lot of questions about people's jobs, where they go from here. And the thing is, you really have to start thinking, what can I... I know this has been said a lot and people are starting to recognise this, but what can you control? You know, if you start to list down the things that you can control um, or or think about a list of things that, that are bothering you at the moment and then actually choose from that list... What you can control because if you can't control it there's certainly no point worrying about it at the moment so there's that in itself and and and, you know just have a it's 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 almost like a situational triage isn't it you know you, you actually um really just focusing on the things that really matter and you can have an influence on the other things i strongly advise and I've got to admit as well, you know, I, I've let it slip a bit because there is less structure to our days than there usually usually is. But you must have a routine, and that routine you that means you take yourself to the day. You don't just sit there allowing the day to come to you. You 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 dominate, and and that you know, I, I strongly suggest people have some kind of mindfulness practice, and that can be as simple as reading. You know, that can be sim- simple as well. Not as simple, but because it's hard to get into, but bit of meditation. Meditation, don't get freaked out by that. That's just sitting down with yourself. You know, that's sitting with your own thoughts. That's just mindfulness, you know, focused attention at some intentions. Um, and then one thing that is so important, and I know it's a massive part of our daily routine, and we certainly know the effect of when it's, you know, when we don't have time to do it, and that's exercise. Exercise, you know, plenty of times you've said to me, Foxy, you know, you know, I'm I'm like, oh God, there's loads of stuff going on. It's like that. And your your mind wants to say you haven't got time to go out and do some exercise. You haven't got time but the best thing you can do is go and do some exercise. It clears your head, it gives you more focus, clarity, and sets you off um on a much better you know, you come back to your workload and it's a, it's just you a lot more clearer. So really the answer to the question is make sure that you have your own structure because the scaffolding of everyday life has fallen down it doesn't mean you have to.
1: Exactly. I totally agree with Ollie Ollerton there. Right. Now we will move away from uh, the situation we're all in and we'll move on to Ollie himself. Now, before we do that, th- I, I'm going to apologize. This, this podcast is going to jump around a little bit because I want to make it exciting. Um, I don't really need to do that because of the person sat in front of me, but I'm going to try and mix it up a little bit. But first of all, we're going to start with when did we first meet? You know, I was asked this question the other
0: day, and I was trying to, I was trying to define when it was, and I, th- I think it was either ninety, was it nineteen ninety
1: eight? I actually think it was more around properly meeting was more around the ninety seven mark, ninety six end of ninety six ninety
0: seven. Yeah, I probably. I was going to my first uh, the other day. I said it was ninety six, and then I thought I might have been a bit early on that one. But bottom line
1: is, it was a long time ago. It was. <laughs> But let me, I, I, I met Ollie, but the only thing that the first memory of Ollie that sticks in my head <laughs> was, um, was actually not the first time I met him for some reason. But it was, I, it, we were both in the States, in the, in the US. We were staying at this base that was in the middle of nowhere in the desert, but there was, there was drink available. So on your off days, you could have a drink at night. And I came back in down the corridor that walk that basically you took down into the accommodation where everyone was staying in these dormitories, and all I saw was two people completely dressed in bin liners. But like, but it wasn't just they'd put them on haphazardly; they had they'd made suits, full body suits, in, enclosed the head as well, and they looked like a couple of moon monkeys, sort of like bimbling down the corridor is a bit of a freaky thing to see and that was ollie olerton and the other guy was a bloke called russ but i that is my first memory of you. i had to get that in there i know this is your podcast so i'm talking to you but i just wanted to let people know what sticks in my mind about was that this. in the
0: states or in a state or was that both it was both because
1: <laughs> that that trip actually went on to be utter carnage that in was, <laughs>
0: That was that was Mexico for us. Wasn't like, it? Yeah, yeah,
1: it was. I'd just like to say now before we move on that there are rogue elements to Wally, and he was a rogue element. <laughs> anyway, that's when we first met. But let's go back in time now to before that, and let's have a look at what was your early life like. What were you like as a kid?
0: Um, I was I was a nightmare. <laughs> there's there's no there's no other single word for it. I was a nightmare. Um. Uh, yeah, and it's not something I, you know, there's moments I laugh about it. There's other moments where I sit there and think, Jesus, you know, you don't realise the, the harm or the damage that you're doing um, at the time because you, you're selfish as a kid. But um, looking back now, I've, you know, God, I would never want a kid like me. Um, but yeah, I was a nightmare. I was a nightmare and I got in a lot of trouble with the police and um, caused my, mainly my mum, a lot of stress.
1: I've met Ollie's mum. She's an absolute legend and probably one of the funniest people uh, I've ever. That was Ollie banging the desk, Sorry. a desk that he built. Um, but one of the funniest people I've ever met, and and she can tell a story. She is much like Ollie Ollett and She can really tell a story. But, mate, can you pick a couple of not too long, but a couple of stories from your childhood?
0: I don't want to harp on about the negative side of things, but really, I do have problems. Um. You know, thinking back, my, my childhood is um, fraught with, um, you know, just just tragedy and, and stories of getting in, you know, accidents and, <laughs> um, which when you look back now, it's quite funny. I mean, a lot of people will know that, you know, because I put it out there so much, but 10 years old, I got attacked by a chimpanzee at the circus, which was, you know, how the hell do you get attacked by a chimp at the circus in Burton-on-Trent? In Staffordshire, you know, um, so that was that was a, a, the the real start of my craziness, I suppose. I think I got, you know, I've, I've still got obviously got chimp in me. You can tell <laughs> by looking at me. <laughs> but um, you know, that was the you know we went down to the circus one day, Burton on Trent, and uh, boiling hot day. Circus was setting up, and uh, we asked if we could have a look around the animals. I then got separated from my brother and another lad called James. And uh, found myself confronted by well, there was a baby chimp on the, you know, and I was fascinated. Um, but then the uh, the mother of that chimp, obviously uh, to protect its own, ended up attacking me, and um, I nearly lost my life that day. Which um, that was that was one story. Um, and then they, you know, every year I felt so sorry for my parents. You know, we used to go on holidays, and it was always, you know, they must have been thinking at the start that I think they, you know, they they not pack a load of clothes because they'd be packing bandages in the suitcases and and, and stuff like that but you know another time I come back and you know I can remember once in line Regis came back a little kid just went off for a walk along the on the on the uh on the pier or whatever it was on the seafront on seawall and a uh, big commotion mum looks up and there, there's me with a massive fishing hook in my leg um still connected to the fishing rod which wasn't mine um. <laughs> so I mean, me and my mum look back now, and we, you know, we laugh. But at, at the time, it was just, you know, mum. It was just craziness. It was, it was, it's, you know, a little boy caused a lot of, lot of trauma.
1: There are, there are a, just to back it up here. There are a multitude of of stories of Ollie when he was a kid, and they are hilarious. <laughs> now looking back, and, and and obviously I didn't know him then, but I know him very well now. I absolutely crease up. It's it's sometimes uncontrollable. There's like, there's. We're not going to go into detail, but there's stories of sawn off shotguns. This and this is as a youth, by the way. Um, And going back to the chimp um, story, there's a lot more to it. And I remember when I first got told that, I actually spent time perfecting that story to the point where I genuinely believe I tell it better than (laughs) Ollie. You
0: do, you do.
1: (laughs) But there are some, there are some very nice people that are involved in that story as well that have come a long way and are still connected to ollie because of that story Mm. but anyway that's that's that and um before we do move on i'd like to know this one and actually it's a question that i've never really asked you were you an outdoorsy person from the off
0: um we were as a family you know we're always out we're always outdoors we always had dogs um and you know uh Every at least once a week we'd be out on the hills yeah with my with my dad, well, with the whole family um so yeah, that was an important part of family life for us, um yeah, being outdoors and um you know in those days you know we didn't have the tech that we have got today, but certainly you know that's one thing i mean that doesn't mean that you had to go outdoors, you know some people you know that live in cities don't go outdoors and don't do stuff, but I'm so glad that we did that as a family, yeah. you know, and it gave me a a love for the outdoors we as kids, we were outdoors all the time playing. You know, playing them
1: up yeah and your mum lives down in uh Kurnow now Cornwall. Cool. so she's remained an outdoorsy person as well really from what i can gather yeah um mate the military mm. it, it is a big part of anyone that has anything to do with it to be honest with you when did you decide that the military would be a good path for you what what, what was what was the, the decision mm. making and the process
0: Thing is, for me, when I look back, you know, I th- I didn't think it was that profound that at fourteen I was gonna, you know, I made the statement I was gonna join the Marines, and looking back now, you know, there's like my son, even when he was eighteen, he's wait, well, you know, he's still at the stage where he doesn't really 100 percent know what he wants to do, but at fourteen, you now I've gone through that troubled period. I got a real fascination with the military. There was a magazine out at that time called Combat and Survival. I remember it. Yeah. And that was really the ground, you know. I used to read that with with a passion. I just wanted to be. There was something in me that just, what you know, there was there was nothing else. There was nothing else that excited me. Nothing else I wanted to do. So at fourteen, I, I can remember standing up in class, saying a few swear words to the teacher, and saying I'm off to join the Marines. On which he remarked, "You haven't got the discipline." Which I now totally agree with him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: As did all of your all of your uh, senior. Um... Leaders, no Didn't doubt. Didn't mean I couldn't do it. Just meant no, to... <laughs> no, no, hang on. We're coming on. Don't jump the gun. There's more to come. Um, mate, so the, the decision was made. You were now joining the military and you did. You joined the Royal Marines. Um, what did soldiering do for you as a person? And and what would you say your particular areas of expertise were?
0: I don't know. It's um, I joined the military. Um, what did it do for me? It, it gave me, I think it reinforced what I'd already learned. You know, a lot of the stuff I've got now, which I'm really appreciative for, and a lot of it, probably my dad as well, you know, he um, was was very, you know, we had a disciplined childhood, believe it or not. I think that's probably why I rebelled. But, um, you know, it, it really enforced that kind of way of life. You know, it's about being ready for being, having this stuff squared away. Mm. You know, which for me, joining the military, it was it, that really enforced that and I really enjoyed that. You know, it's like, you know, going to the jungle. I mean, a lot of people don't like going to the jungle, but I love the fact that, I mean, there's so much to take in in the jungle. The the, the actual, you know, your admin, your personal admin about yourself has got to be 100% squared away before you even think about your soldiering. You know, it's the full it encompasses everything. So for me, it was like, it brought out, um, the, it brought out that quality in me that, you know, that, that had been instilled in me as a, as a young lad. Um, when it comes to areas of expertise, to be honest, when I joined the military, it was just, I didn't, um, I didn't have any, when it came to the tech stuff and all that, like the signals, the communications equipment and things like that, I just didn't have the patience for it. I just want to be a soldier. I want to be out there on the front line. I just wanted to be in the thick of it. And um, a- and that was it, yeah. So um,
1: I am... Um I'm obviously a little bit younger than uh, Ollie and by about, I think it's six years. Six years yeah. yeah. So when I when we first met, I was very young actually. I was twenty, and I, and I'd been in the Marines not that long. Um, I'm the same. I'd say I'd much preferred the soldiering side side of things, but Ollie did have a reputation. He did have a reputation in the unit, and um, if I'm honest with you, I I I looked up to him because. His reputation was one of yes, he was renowned for being a rogue element and and enjoyed the good times, but he was an amazing soldier, and if the you know there was nothing that Ollie couldn't do, you know, his physical prowess was good, his ability to soldier was brilliant, his um, ability to take on board new techniques with regard to whether it was climbing, whether it was different techniques that, you, that they used to, to get into different places or. Or run over hills, you know all the stuff that you p- you think about and dedicate, you know your thoughts about soldiering to. Ollie was good was was good at everything, and and uh, I'd like to blow smoke up your arse there, mate, because that's, that's that's true. What a tear to my uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, but um, that's the, uh, we'll round up on the soldiering side of things because I know what it did for you. It it, it gave you direction, um. but it also showed you that you didn't want to sort of remain in the military either because there's a lot oh. of stuff that goes with goes hand in hand with time in the military which it not great and it does it doesn't give you freedom of movement so how did you manage your life after the military now spend a bit of time on this because I know there's an <coughs> awful lot yeah um it wasn't until I left
0: that I realized how and I say it again I said it before but the, the, the kind of structure the scaffold that that gave me in my life was really, really important because as soon as I left, and I really think at the moment, you know, the whole isolate, I relate a lot at the moment about you know people going into isolation. I think back to when I first left, when I first left, and I came out, and all of a sudden I was sat at home, and I didn't have my mates there, mm-hmm. I didn't have anything around me, I didn't, I didn't have any structure, and that honestly, people that are suffering at the moment with isolation. That is what it's like, as you all know, Foxy. That is what it's like when you come out. There's a massive void, and you just you just don't know where you just you know unless you've got something that you uh, some kind of structure, something you've been working on before you even leave. Um, you know, it's you just you just don't know what to do with yourself. Mm. And I I didn't know which direction. I was still quite young; I was thirty years old, um, and I just didn't know what to do with myself. And I kind of bounced around trying to reinvent some, my my. my you know, my one goal was to have my own business, but the thing is, you know, you've still got to pay the bills and stuff. So I ended up doing a load of stuff that I didn't really want. I said I would. I said I wouldn't go back into or go onto the circuit, which I inevitably ended up doing. Which
1: is the the con the private contractor security work. That's what the circuit is.
0: Yeah. So I I then came um, I then came <coughs> away from that and. Um, sorry I came away from the military and I ended up in doing some stuff on the circuit uh, but I always I always had this passion that I wanted my own business so that's always been the incentive but the thing is with me I've always had I've been one always had great ideas I'm a creative person so when it comes down to to you know running a business it takes you to sitting down and, and running through the boring stuff and I just I couldn't be bothered with that. I really couldn't be bothered. So, although I had great ideas, it was very hard for me to execute anything, and that's why I end up getting swallowed back in because the pay is good on the circuit. Um, was yeah, was was good, um, and um, that's where you, you always end up sort of getting pulled back into that to that um, way of life. Um, I just like to say back because I've been, th- I've you know, I think about we have conversations. I think about a lot about time in the military, and yeah. I also think. You know, and this is not just for the military, but this is certainly it for. I, I I'm quite happy to say, although I I'm so appreciative to what you know what, what I achieved in the military, and it was it was amazing. It didn't fulfil me. Mm. There was something missing, and I couldn't work that out. And I thought there was, you know I thought there was some kind of issue with me, um, but I just I just I didn't know what it was. And so for me, you know. To to get to do the things that we used to do was amazing, absolutely. And you know, I, I you you couldn't pay to do the stuff now, but I would do if you could do. <laughs> um, you know, some of the some of the things. But um, I think really for me, it, it, it's made me realise that you spend your life chasing a dream that is an image. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that for me, that image was being this special forces soldier doing all these cool things, jumping out of planes, going on ops, coming back. You know and you know, driving a flash car. You know, just just this sort of James Bondy style yeah. life, and it's not the picture you should be chasing. You know, what we what we tend to forget is the feeling. You know, you should be it should be how you feel, not how you look. So, really, for me, i th- I think about that a lot, and we everyone chases that image. You know, whether that's the car, the house, the the wedding, the kids, all that. You know, keeping up with the Joneses, and really, you know, that's. It's not on the outside. You have got to look internally. So for me, you know, I left the military uh, a little bit disappointed that I'd not found that in the military. So, so I was the point I'm trying to make as well. In that, is that I came out. I was still searching. Yeah, massively searching and not knowing what was going to be that fix. Whether I, whether I was, I, I thought I would never find it. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, going back to um, then being a civilian after 11 years military service. I um I found myself all over the place, and then 2003, the statue came down on Ferdos Square. I was doing a sales job at the time, believe it or not. I was trying to get into sales, learning negotiation, all that kind of thing. Further enforcing my idea, I wanted to to learn those skills for business. And then the uh, the opportunity in Iraq was just too good to turn down. Yeah. Uh, and they were paying a lot of money back then. And coming from a military, and even to the civil job that I was in at the time, I mean the pay was massive it was tax free because it was a war zone i mean you just couldn't say no you yeah. can't say no
1: i'm just going to um lighten the uh, the sort of leaving the military conversation mm. a little bit because olly did he did like he alluded to did a few jobs didn't really work out what he was doing uh, wanted to work for himself but wasn't quite working out but he picked up the nickname ole Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> And it comes down to that, I'm not going to explain the f- the story in detail because it's too long and it's not, you know, maybe Ollie doesn't want me to tell it, but...
0: I don't mind, but it is he, too long he for was, he Yeah,
1: he was selling orange juice machines that were slightly below standard, shall we say, <laughs> and people might have been getting the odd uh, mild electric shock, but anyway... <laughs> That's Ole ole. We'll leave him there. Um. You leave him like that. Huh? <laughs> Mate, what's your outlook on life now? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
0: My outlook on life is that is is an is an extremely positive one. I am very focused, very disciplined, and um, very focused on where I want to be. I've um, I've learned a lot of things that, and you know, not giving Billy a plug for his book, but the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I've realized that um, one thing for for certain. This is probably due to a recent experience, um, but I'm not doing anything. I know it sounds a bit weird but i'm not doing anything for anyone else anymore apart from me. Mm-hmm. I've got to make sure that i'm 100% happy. I don't do something i don't do anything anymore to impress people. So from the outside looking in, i've realized how important it is to 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 uh project from the inside out. So i do i do everything, you know, i've got obviously got a partner and you know the, which i'm soon to get married to, but um you know, I'm just extremely positive, extremely focused on helping other people, and um, and, and making sure that's a, a, a part of uh, my daily business practices. But it's about I've created a job that doesn't seem like a job. Mm. I've created something that doesn't seem. I, I can't call it work. I go to. I get up every day, and I'm excited to do what I do. So,
1: yeah, I'd, I'm. I'd like to back you up with a comment from myself here, and it is that. Everyone says that it sounds selfish to say you do stuff for you. But for me, you are born and you die with one person and one person only on this planet, and it's you. And uh, to look after yourself and make sure that you are happy in turn means everyone around you will be the same. Uh, If you start concentrating on all the external factors and neglect yourself, things aren't going to be right. That's just something that triggered in me then as Ollie Mm. was talking. So... There's my little rant and preach over if we move on. Mate, uh, you've already sort of mentioned it, but um, how do you manage your, your mind? And, and, and what's a, what, is, what does a good day look like for you? A good day for me is, um, let's talk about my morning
0: routine because that's really important for me. If I get my morning routine squared away, It doesn't really matter what happens that day because I'm in a good frame of mind to deal with it. Um, It's when the days that I let that slip that, you know, then things start to grow wrong, they multiply. But for me, a good day looks like get up early in the morning, five o'clock. I don't set the alarm clock, Um, you know, because once you're in that pattern, you just get up at that time. Um, Then it's downstairs for me. I like to spend some time meditating. When I say meditating, don't freak out. It's really, I've said this before. It's about you know it's about having some space, creating some clear clarity and space in my head, um, and think about the things that I want. Um, so also give yourself a little bit of feedback, um, and um, really set yourself up for the day. Then it's shortly after that it's either a gym a gym sesh or a run, um, and then um, that is then back and then then I'm back at the office i like to sit down in front of the computer and look at going through my emails maybe stuff i haven't dealt with from the day before if an email needs um to carry on the momentum of something then i you know forward the email reply to it and i I just go through that session because between seven and eight your phone isn't ringing Mm. you know between uh, the only messages i get from you anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> put, the,
1: put the kettle on put
0: the kettle on um even when you're not here though um, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah it's, it's real focused time to be able to set yourself up for the day get everything squared away and then eight o'clock I'm just ready for the day um I do like you know a, a lot a lot of time I'm spending in the office and although that is good it, I'm not an office person you know what I mean it, it, it's, it's not my comfort zone to sit there in an office all day and I need I need to get out and do something different. And that getting out could be going out doing a motivational talk for a company, doing whatever it is, or even going out onto the hills and, and, and getting some getting some time. But I think the bottom line is to have variation throughout every day. You know, so you haven't got one set of thing for the whole day. There's it's got it's got you know variation it's got you know it's there's, there's a lot going on each day and that's important
1: yeah i agree we spoke about it the other day didn't we? we were talking about that morning routine and how you know it's basically battle prep and the better prepared you are for battle the better you're going to attack the day yeah so um <clears throat> that's that anyway we're going to move on to something that uh i think a lot of people might that are listening might be watching as well we are, uh, as we record this, we're one-ep into the new celebrity SAS Who Dares Wins. There are some interesting, interesting characters. Uh, how did you find this one, mate?
0: Yeah, I've, I mean, I have re- I was really excited about it because although, you know, we're looking back to when we did the filming, um, I did fi- I have to say I did find that quite tough, you know, from our, our perspective. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um yeah i mean it's it's a long time for for us you know we've we do an 18 hour days non-stop and uh it's it's a, it's a good old slog by the time we're finished and the celebrity version is the one we do at the end of of the uh the, the 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 regular one um but yeah i felt that that i felt they put it together great i think there's some um really strong celebrities on there a really good mix yeah. um and um yeah i think i think they cut they've together is brilliant, i mean I've got to say I'm being a bit biased here but the, the uh interview with k p was was absolutely gold, so that was my golden moment for the first step
1: yeah it was that was um i mean you know it's not it's not scripted we're not told this is who you're going to interview it's literally like right we we want you to interview some people who want to do it. and i think it just came about you know we all this, someone was like yeah, I'll do him I'll do her and it was just me and Ollie did Katie price and we didn't know what to expect, but um, I'll tell you what, I walked out of that room, as you did, you know, because we discussed it, but I felt absolutely wasted. <laughs> Drained. <laughs> it, was, it was hard work. Um, mate, what's the difference for us, for for the DS? What's the difference between the celeb one and the normal one that we do?
0: Um, the, the, the main difference for me is the fact that we haven't got a clue who the... Um, who the people are on the on the regular if you call it the regular one yeah um and for me that that creates a bit more intrigue as to what makes these people tick so i mean it's you know f- for that you know the 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 normal one it's you know there's, there's a lot of um hidden secrets and sometimes you don't get to the bottom you only find out afterwards Some, sometimes a certain person a candidate ends up leaving and then you find out from their backstory that there was something that we just didn't get to the bottom of. I mean, it's rare that happens, but, you know, we, and I think that's really interesting because then you understand these people's motivation. I mean, we've had some life experience, obviously. And um, I think, you you know, every, at least something in in the majority of everyone from that that regular sort of SESU Day's Yeah, you can relate to in some, you know, a little bit or whatever. So that makes it intriguing for me
1: yeah definitely we i I think we have to work mentally a lot harder on the normal one because we know nothing about them and we really have to concentrate on digging deep and concentrating on them to actually find out and and give them an experience worthy of turning up i think and that with the celebs we don't need to do that as much because you know as soon as those hoods are off uh we already know a bit and mm. we, it's just a case of just digging in and whatnot maybe um who did you grow to like? There's one. And who did you find the most difficult? Without giving anything away, because this mm. is gonna this is gonna go out before the end of it.
0: Um I grew to like Joey Essex.
1: Agreed. I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah, I just thought he was, you know, I mean the thing is, I mean, one one thing about that celebrity version, you people have already boxed him up and they've got You, you, whether you like it or not, you have a perception of who the person is going to be. And um, Joey was not the person I thought he was, Mm -hmm. or the perception I had for Joey Essex is not the person I saw on that, um, you know, SES Who Days Wins. So he was, and he's he's a likable character, obviously, but um, he's just, he's got a heart of gold. And um, yeah, I think he's a good all round guy. And you can, you can, I mean, you can, from our point of view, you can imagine him in the service, can't
1: you? Yeah, yeah, you can. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and it'd be it'd be a popular, obviously, with the ladies, but it'd be it'd be popular with the lads when he like yeah. just as a good lad, good good morale as well, you know. Yeah, and second question: who did I find the most difficult? The not, most not, difficult, not the worst, but. Um. Well, I have to say, for me, it was Fash.
1: Yeah,
0: Fash. I just, and that's no disrespect to him. I just didn't, I couldn't get on a level with him.
1: in any respect I I could never tell what was real and what wasn't there was was a a level there which is fair play to him because he he delivers a persona and delivers it well but whether I don't know whether anyone will know who the real Fash is no maybe he doesn't (laughs) maybe he doesn't it's like it's like you back in the day exactly (laughs) Uh, do you ever feel bad about putting the recruits through any of the challenges what's the one thing you'd hate to do yourself now just quickly we do everything that they do so with regard to tasks over to you
0: i'll tell you what everything that we ask them to do i'm actually jealous when they do it and i don't regret what these are the tasks you know what i mean the one thing i do think oh and i i I wouldn't is the beastings Mm. that for me because the tasks i think are brilliant because those are almost like you know, when you see someone that's that's working with heights, they're 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 scared of heights. Then all of a sudden, you see them them have a breakthrough. Mm. That's amazing, and that will that will last for the rest of their lives. But the beasting,
1: yeah,
0: I mean that I look at them and I think, oh, surely you know. Sometimes I sit and think, did I really have it that bad? <laughs> I mate. know we
1: did, but it's easily forgotten, mate. I agree with you because obviously us as the DS, we get to demo certain tasks, we don't do like, I don't do all of them, Ant doesn't do all of them, Ollie doesn't do all of them so sometimes when you get to see the fact that the recruits get to do all of them you're like, I wanted to do that Mm. do you know what I mean, but yeah the bee stings are nasty
0: Mm. honking,
1: but I tell you what, I've got to say it, we got, you get you get goosed on selection yeah, absolutely, beyond how much of a laugh is it for the staff? This is an easy question.
0: It is. It's amazing laugh. We, have, You know, we, a lot of times we, you know, we always have a laugh regardless. And that, you know, even, even when it's, you know, we're absolutely knackered. I think they're, they're actually the funniest parts, aren't they? You know, when you're absolutely in delirium state and you end up laughing about the most funny. But but there is, a, we have a great time. You know, there's, there's no, there's no... There are,
1: There are also strange times. I remember there was a time I had left. It was on the first series and it was baking hot day in southern Wales. I'd actually just left this location to go and do something. And I came back. And I mean, me and you, we hadn't slept for over 24 hours. Mm. Yeah. And I'd come back and Ollie had been waiting in a car park with some of the recruits and there was some stuff going on and he looked a bit delirious. <laughs> and then there was this story of this vision that people saw and it was of this woman pushing, running, pushing with one hand a buggy with her child in and with the other hand she was leading a horse at pace through a lane. She looked looked into where Ollie was Nodded, said hello, and just scarped off. It was, and I remember it was bizarre. Back. It was almost like a window because we were just looking out. We heard this clippy clop.
0: <laughs> and it was like a window between the bushes. So, yeah. first of all, you see an extended arm with a pram. <laughs> then you see a woman, you know, she's like almost in a crucifix kind of position. And she just comes past smiling. And then next thing you see a horse. <laughs> and it was like, we everyone just looked at each other and we were just like, did, did you just see what I just saw? <laughs> I, it, was just, it was
1: just funny. So funny. Right, we're going to we're going to start to wrap up, not not totally, but we're going to start to wrap up. Um mate, what are you what have you got going on now? What are you working on at the moment? Cuz this is a big period for you coming up. Yeah.
0: Well, I've got my second book coming out called Battle Ready. So that's been a long time in the making um after my um 49 last years. <laughs> that's <was> me, <my>, yeah. <laughs> 49 years. So um I've got Battle Ready coming out. Really excited about that cuz when I look back, that was that book, the content really was sourced from when I put myself, I put myself into into uh, into isolation, and that's because I came back and the you know the, the things that were going on in my head, the patterns of daily life were not positive. So I knew I had to almost reprogram myself, and I put myself into isolation so there was no distractions, no anything, and um, and that's where a lot of the content for that book comes from. So it's really exciting to get that out there. Um, well, what
1: is if you could. If you could, in in a very quick sentence, summarise what that book is. What is it?
0: Right, I'll say in a quick sentence, Right, and those I'll have to explain afterwards, but this book is a Haynes manual for the brain. Right, there we go. A Haynes manual for the brain. And those that are too young to understand that, whenever you used to get a car um, in the old days, everyone, you'd always get a Haynes manual. And it gave uh, the layman an understanding of how it worked and and some simple and basic um, things to be able to get it back on track when it stopped working.
1: That's an interesting um, analogy to Mm. your book because it's actually sparked a a little question in my mind. If your brain was a car, (laughs) what would you say it was? Because I'll tell you what I think your brain is. Oh, dear me. A Jaguar. Jaguar. I'd have said the Morris Minor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only joking. I'm joking. I was going to
0: say the Imp. (laughs) (laughs) with a G on the beginning Um, (laughs) mate anything else um, yeah yeah as as you know Foxy we're working on got a lot of stuff the Battle Ready uh, brand we're pushing through with our fitness app and loads of new stuff coming forward and also the the thing that's really exciting for the both of us is the Breakpoint Academy so taking veterans putting them through a three day course and then we're working with um, a company called Orion Rail who then supply um, workers for network rail. So we're sp- essentially supplying veterans from the front line in a war zone, back home, and putting them back on the, as frontline key workers in essential services here today. So that's really exciting for us and, and we've got a lot more work to do there.
1: It is, and Ollie's put an awful lot of work into that, I must say. Uh, are you gonna miss me on, once this lockdown's over? One hundred percent. I'm not gonna. He's I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, not gonna sit here and say I won't because I will. He's gonna miss winding me up right now. We're on to the readers' questions now. Before this podcast yesterday, I got away with it. No, no. Uh, before this podcast on uh, social media yesterday, which is however many days ago when the, you actually hear this, I put out on social media that I required people to send in some questions that I can ask Ollie. Uh, there's been a lot there's been an awful lot. And because it's the opening ep of season two, I'm going to basically pick three questions. So first up is a question from on Instagram, West Coast Climbing. Mate, this I've actually this question, I've got to do a little bit of detail. It starts off as it does, but I'm going to twist it a little bit. And I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna steer you towards an answer, and you'll know what the hell I'm on about. So the mm. actual question, before you answer, let me finish. Mm-hmm. The actual question was: ever had a really greasy haircut? Because then you could be called oily Oliton, which is quite funny. However, what I'll say is: have you ever had a really bad haircut? <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> my mean, god! I don't, I don't mean dying. I mean think about a guy called Paul who went to the bad <laughs> Oh, I
0: think we're having tech issues.
1: We're <laughs> not, we're not, mate. Wait, explain away.
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, we were bored. Okay. I'll, I'll have to preempt it with you that. that. You um, and a
1: guy, can I? Can me say and, his me full and a
0: guy called Paul Story. There we go. Yeah. Paul Story. Awesome great blood. bloke. I used to live with him actually <laughs> down in pool when we were serving. And, um, one day we said, uh, we both had kind of really straight hair. <laughs> I think it was actually. We'd seen, I don't know. I think it was um, Top Gun or something like that. <laughs> Tom Cruise had this really nice little sort of wave in his hair. You know, it was just like a just a little little wave, and it just did looked it, was really it not cool. called a demi wave? It was. Well, we did a bit of investigating, yeah, and we'd heard that what you could do to have that effect was a demi wave. Well, <laughs> so uh, anyway, there we go. so anyway, we went down to both of us sat in the hairdressers in pool, bearing in mind this is like flooded with people from the camp walking around the quay down in pool and we thought you'd go down it just like a little machine like a crimping machine you know it just give you that little wave <laughs> 10 minutes in and we both sat there sweating our nads off because we've both got curlers in <laughs> looking at each other thinking oh my god please do not anyone walk in and then I came out of there honestly and I looked like uh, Shaun of the Sheep <laughs> you I looked me- like a
1: scouser <laughs> no no disrespect back in the day back in the day with a
0: shell suit but then the worst thing about that was I mean it was I was like I've got to get home as quickly as possible if anyone sees me that is it I'm going to get filled in I'm going to you know but then it started raining so and the, the curls really tightened up and it was like honestly and I spent the next two months trying to hide this perm Mon- was it was like
1: Monica from um, our Friends in, in, uh, when hideous. she was on holiday in the Caribbean. And people
0: used to say, have you had your hair pr-?
1: And I'd, no. <laughs> it was like <laughs> clearly obvious. They got back apparently and they were there like in like, like <laughs> utter terror, trying to straighten their hair, like using anything. I think that even an iron might have come into it. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate, we move on to the second question. This one is from someone again on Instagram and... Um, his handle is ad underscore hyron so it's ad underscore hyron spelt h-i-r-o-n-s and he liked to know what is the funniest moment off camera that you wish had been caught off camera that wish we've all got our own I've got a f- off camera well stuff that didn't make it into the cut oh well for me
0: straight away it's it's the uh, Cato bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is on series two ecuador in the jungle Explain.
0: Away. Well, away we we built this scenario i mean they did show the the actual scenario on on series 2
1: was it the scenario they showed this bit they didn't because yeah. none of us could talk
0: but basically they had they, you know there was a, there was a building um you know uh it was on fire uh we would bring the candidates up they would be given a quick uh battle orders uh qbos and um you know they had to go into the building and um, and see if there's any um, survivors. survivors and take appropriate, appropriate action uh, and not come through the same entrance as they, would you know, they, they couldn't come out the same entrance as they went in. So anyway, this was running through and, you know, some guys were, were getting this, you know, they would find the person and come out. and There, was, know,
1: there was basically, there was a route that was obvious. The, the room was filled with smoke. I'm just gonna fill in yeah, the blanks. Yeah, no, dude, because you there tell were the story there about were that. people in the building that were obviously there to be rescued. There was the, there was a hint in the in the in the set of quick battle orders that they were given. Did it in pairs. But then we wanted to see aggression as well. So at the at the end of the route there was a door that needed bashing in. It was like a bit of plywood. Needed a bit of aggression, a bit of oomph. And to get through it. So anyway, that's that's the blank field, Ollie. Yeah. Know. So basically,
0: you know, they they we, they did it in pairs, and and you would expect it probably take about a minute, wouldn't it, before they actually yeah. got out the yeah. other side. So they were running through, yeah, and we'd we'd give them a quick debrief, yeah, that was good, blah blah blah. Anything, anything for us? But go back to your dorm. And then there was uh, there was two lads. I, can't, I can remember one. I can't. I, yeah, it was it was um Andy. Um, it was Gary. Gary. it was the it was the um gary and, andy. gary and andy and yeah. and basically we saw them go in one side of the building and then seconds later they came flying through the plywood door so fast that there was a the shape of a person <laughs> coming through the plywood door and we were like oh, you know they've done it so far. and they sort of landed on the other side of this smoke everywhere and they both like looked at each other checked each other off and went yep Good to go and, and off. sprinted off.
1: <laughs> sprinted off into the darkness without anyone. <laughs>
0: without anyone. We're like, stop! Come back in. We're like, did you not see anyone?
1: <laughs> it was <laughs> honestly, you, you sort of, it's one of those you had to be there. But uh, the way this guy yeah. came flying through that door... It was, it was like, Keto! Keto! <laughs> it was mental. It was I mean, funny. It we, was, we,
0: were, we were absolutely... <clears throat> bits. We, lost we as it.
1: a DS were rolling around all over the place and these two <laughs> poor lads who were recruits who everything had been serious up to then they just didn't know what to do. Yeah, anymore. no, and they thought they'd done really well. <clears throat> they did, and they got a massive bollocking once we'd actually composed <laughs> so ourselves.
0: That so was, that, was that wins that.
1: Right, the third and final uh, question I'm picking out to be a winner... Is uh, is one from Brad Lewis nine nine five so that's Brad Lewis and nine nine five. He's come up with a question which is if you could teleport back to meet you as a fifteen year old, what would you say to him that person? And I've got a little bit to twist on mm. and add on to this after. Slow the down, <laughs>
0: really. <laughs> well, I would. I'd say slow down and start. Um yeah, um, I, th- I do think about this a lot because it's a question um, that's come a- come up a lot for some reason. Um, I-, I think the main thing I would do is, is, is first of all believe in yourself, never stop dreaming, um, but always have a plan. You know, have a plan. Um, you know, I lived very much in the moment, which is great, but you know, I, I just hadn't had no forethought. Um, for anything moving forward. So, you know, there's a few things i say, but it'd be really that. And, and just believe in yourself.
1: Yeah, that is a good one. Also, just quickly, I'm going to add on to Brad Lewis's 995s question. If you could teleport back to any time, what time would you teleport back to? Oh,
0: that's a tough one because I'm always going through scenarios. And I'd love to, <laughs> but
1: definitely not when, the, the,
0: yeah, it would be around
1: the gladiator times gladiator (laughs) times i can see you as a gladiator (laughs) (laughs) anyway right okay that's good right i'm going to mix it up a little bit before we say goodbye and that is because there was a question this isn't a winner i'm afraid so i'm really really apologetic but there's one question that is being asked and i'm going to direct it at myself and i'm going to answer it but i'm not going to answer it fully i'm going to answer it with a cryptic answer Ollie's gonna absolutely crease himself, and we'll leave it there. So, the question was from uh, the Traveling Bell on Instagram, and it is: "What was the mo- what is the most awkward moment you've had together?" And my answer is that that moment involved a holy ho- a holy sock and a trailer park. <laughs>
0: And on that note, I'd like to say a
1: massive thank you to Ollie Ollerton. He is a legend. Thank you. This has been awesome. And uh, yeah, what a way to kick off the second season of Wild Tales podcast, mate. You're a legend. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Take care. See ya. Thanks very much to Ollie. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, if you want to find Ollie anywhere, you can find him on Instagram at ollie.olerton. That's at O L L I E. O l l e r t o n on Instagram. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you don't already, and follow me and the Book of Man for the latest news. Thanks for listening. Catch you again soon. Cheers.